Welcome to the podcast version of whatdoiknow.com. Anchor's special features allow you to record WordPress blogs as audio files, so I decided to take advantage of this feature to create a podcast. If you're more likely to enjoy your gaming content in audio form, I hope this podcast will be for you. It's taken me a little longer to get back to looking at this month's Fables adventure, Come Sail Away. I've had some hearty reviews on the docket lately, plus, working for a school district, for some reason, it gets busy when students come back to school. Go figure. This month's fable continues the Pirates of the Ethereal Expanse storyline. The PCs are adventurers sailing the magical waters of a special portion of the astral plane. This is and isn't similar to Spelljammer, in that it takes place in the astral plane, but involves a bit more traditional sailing, even if you're sailing on distilled magic in fluid form. This campaign introduces alternate ship management and combat rules, which are meant to be layered into the campaign over time. We'll be seeing some of those rules at play in this adventure, although it's still a relatively light engagement with the new rules. Greater than Fables Pirates of the Ethereal Expanse. Greater than. Greater than Episode 2, Come Sail Away. Greater than written by, Alison Huang. Greater than Head of Fables, James J. Hake, Joe Rosso. Greater than Story Design, James J. Hake. Greater than Art Directors, Marius Boda, Zoe Robinson. Greater than Pirates of the Ethereal Expanse Writers, H. H. Carlin, and Gregerson, James J. Hake, Gabe Hicks, Allison Huang, Anthony Joyce, Kat Kruger, Sadie Lowry, Sarah Madsen, Sam Mannell, Joe Rosso, Jess Ross, Jen Vaughn. Greater than Managing Editor, James J. Hake Editors, Michelle Carter, Matt Click, Ashley Lawson, Joe Rosso Graphic Design, Martin Hughes, Scott Fraser. Greater than Cover Design, Christine Fosler. Greater than End Page Design, Abby Zweifel. Greater than Interior Illustrators, Christian Adrichvist, Riddell Aplanes, Carol Azevedo, Luke Bieber, George Bennett, Bethany Berg, Ali Briggs, Josiah Cameron, Stephanie Cost, Kent Davis, Nikki Dawes, Alex Drummond, Christine Foltzer, Tony Foti, Quinton Glime, Doruk Golkiu, Ashley Hankins, Matt Hubel, Andre Jacob, Maggie Ivey, Josh Ketchen, Diana Homutina, Kate Laird, Tati Lang, Carson Lowe Miller. Damian Mamaliti Jake Murray, Brian Patterson, Karina Pavlova, Pixeloid Studios, Mihai Radu, Kayo Santos, Alisa Serio, Jana Sofia, Katarina Sofia, Kai Stevens, Kelly Toki, Philip Ehrlich, Brian Valenzuela, Jacob Walker, Sam White, Abby Zweifel. Greater than Cartographers, Luke Bieber, Damian Mamaliti, Brian Patterson. Greater than VTT Asset Design, Joshua Orchard. This month's installment. This month's installment of Fables is 88 pages long. This includes a title page, credits page, table of contents, a four-page pronunciation guide, and a full-page OGL statement. There are full-page pieces of art dividing the different sections of the adventure, as well as several portraits and illustrations of NPCs, monsters, and locations. As with previous volumes, it's pretty slick looking. What's inside? This volume is divided into the following sections. Welcome to Fables. Chapter 1, Island Bound. Chapter 2, Maladel Island. Chapter 3, Phosphire Island. Chapter 4, Caldare Island. Appendix A, New Monsters. Appendix B, New Spells. Appendix C, Pronunciation Guide. Like previous installments of Fables, most of the introduction is the same as previous installments, with the final page summarizing the events of this particular adventure. The Adventure Unfolding 
this adventure assumes that the party is going to take their partially assembled and technically functional ship to the politically neutral Isle of Drakes. This is meant to be a relatively short trip for the ship, and the suggested adventures have toned down consequences for sea travel, so that the party's brand new, sort of, ship doesn't get done in by a random encounter. Most of these encounters either do minimal damage to the ship, involve monsters that aren't a threat to the ship as a whole, or even encounters that allow the PCs to begin gathering resources, such as collecting rainwater in barrels. The Isle of Drakes actually consists of four islands, Maladel, Phosphire, Caldare, and Velsteren Island. As the PCs approach the island, they run afoul of famous ship and pirate captain, Charleston Kriegler of the Apocalypse. This is where the adventure introduces the chase mechanics, as Kriegler effectively bets them that they can't make landfall on an island before he catches them. He's doing this for sport, so if he wins, he's just going to total their ship. Velsteren Island is assumed to be their destination, as it's the closest island. Because the ship is understaffed, one of the primary reasons to visit any of the islands, beyond getting provisions for the ship, is to recruit new crew members. I really like this as a setup for the adventure, but I think there are four potential pitfalls in this chapter. If the PCs didn't calm Markov in the previous adventure, you may not have had an NPC to point them towards the Isle of Drakes. PCs probably aren't going to take too kindly to automatically having their ship destroyed by box text if they lose the race. While this chapter says that Velsteren is the best place to get a new ship if theirs is destroyed, there is no follow-up on this information, like suggestions of how to sign on to a new crew or how to steal or win a new ship. Beyond needing to recruit more crew than is available on Velsteren, or pick up more supplies than they can get, no one specifically points them towards the other islands. While I don't have a great fix for getting a new ship for the PCs, I think having Kriegler take the PCs under his wing to nudge them towards the other islands works so long as they win the race. Island Hopping The structure for the rest of the adventure is picking an island from Maladel, Phosphire, and Caldare, talking to the NPCs there, and finding out what jobs are available and what trouble is brewing. In several instances, characters from one island will have something that needs to be transported to another island, or people from one island will need something that can only be picked up on a specific island. There is also an NPC that can be recruited from another crew to fill a role on the ship. There are jobs available at different ports, and completing these jobs in different ways adds to the character's reputation, as does their interactions with the islands. Working for authorities bumps your law reputation. Helping the locals bumps your good reputation. Stealing or failing to perform some task might bump your chaos reputation axis, and harming others for your own profit bumps your evil reputation. In addition to these jobs and their effects on your reputation, taking different jobs increases the chances that you will find various island rumors that can lead the PCs to other islands to investigate. Maladel is an island whose most notable inhabitants are a fairly laid-back crew of druid pirates, who do more grocery shopping than bloodthirsty raiding. Your potential new crew member asks them to help deliver some produce in exchange for water, which helps to get the travel between islands going. There is also an opportunity for the PC's fortune to be told while on the island. Phosphire Island has a natural conduit to the elemental plane of water, putting it in a powerful trade position with the other islands. The jungles on the island include dangerous plants that can cause hallucinations, and if the PCs try to snag water from sources other than the wellspring, that water may have side effects, like poisoning the characters, or introducing them to the hallucinatory properties of the plants on the island. Caldare is an island with a magical conduit to the elemental plane of fire, and it mines a material that can be used for firearms and gunpowder-like substances for cannons. Because the local mountain sometimes erupts creatures from the plane of fire, there is a militia organized to protect the citizens. There is also tension between the mayor and the head of the local militia, 
and the PCs can also find out why elementals are increasingly attacking the island population. Overall, I really love the hub structure of this adventure. The PCs have latitude to explore where they want, and can follow up on the jobs they want. The only real problem I can see with the structure is if the PCs don't follow up on the clues on the different islands and don't resolve the primary issue, but there are enough NPCs to nudge the PCs into action if they stall out. Since it seems evident that an element of later adventures in this series will involve trying to unify the islands against a threat, I like that this gives you a tour of the islands, tells you what each one is known for, as well as establishing the symbiosis between them, and then layers in some of the local politics. Assuming the NPCs the PCs will interact with in the future adventures as the ones who are important to this adventure, it does a good job of laying the groundwork, while creating a close sandbox with internal inertia. Monsters There are a few reprinted monsters from the first adventure in the form of the Aether Beasts, but we also get the Ship Mimic, CR6, as well as various dangerous plants from Phosphire, ranging from CR half to CR5. There are also new volcanic elementals in different forms, from CR2 to CR5, representing fire-tinged creatures from the plane of air and earth. The rest of this section includes stat blocks for various NPCs found in the adventure. New Spells The new spell introduced is Ethereal Rift, which opens a gate for transporting items up to 10 miles away while holding open a 10-foot-tall portal, which cannot be used by the caster. This is mainly a utility spell for transportation of goods. Circling back on the ship rules. Except for some of the points I made in the first chapter, I really like how this adventure comes together, and I like the previous adventure as well. The Island Adventure Hub is a great design choice for low-level offerings in this kind of setting. That said, I'm still not really comfortable with the ship rules. My biggest complaints are. They run against the grain of how other D&D 5e rules work. They seem to be trying to create a master and commander feel in a Pirates of the Caribbean setting. While there are a few places where reputation might start to affect NPC reactions, for the most part, the only new mechanics that really get engaged in this adventure are the chase rules. Honestly, the chase rules were the new aspect of the rules that concerned me the least. That said, part of what I wanted to do with this series is to look at the ability to run this without adopting the new subsystems for the setting. Up to this point I think it's still fairly easy to do so. You could handle the chase easily as a group skill challenge with or without the additional information provided in Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Additionally, Seas of Vodari includes a chase table similar to the chase tables that exist in the Dungeon Master's Guide that can be used for sea chases. Final thoughts. Despite starting off with a PC shipwrecked on an island together, I think this campaign, so far, feels a lot more open to PC freedom and agency than the previous fable. From an adventure structure standpoint, I really like both of these adventures, and I'm looking forward to future installments. Future Wishes I think designing rules that sit on top of what already exists in D&D 5e when those rules emphasize the theme of a setting or an adventure is great. I'm not as excited about rules that change resolution mechanics or reframe game rules that are more global into contextual rules, for example, ships having their own size categories. While I think it's unlikely, I would love to see these adventures continue to be fairly easily converted back to standard ship combat assumptions, and in the longer term, I really hope that future rules modules flow more naturally into the core D&D 5e experience. I love experimentation, but the ship rules feel a little too far afield for my tastes. Thank you for listening. If you want to see more of my work, you can find me at gnomestew.com with other fine gnome contributors, at my blog located at whatdoiknowjr.com, and at whatdoiknowjr on Twitter.